Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. And uh, Minister for Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney, a Cork man, of course, is on the line right now to talk to us about a few things. Good morning to you, Minister. Morning, Joe. You had to play that just before bringing me on, didn't you? Quite deliberately. Quite deliberately. <laughs> well, congratulations. Limerick are setting the standard at the moment. Uh, uh, even when they're playing in Cork. Uh, phenomenal stuff yesterday. Yeah. Uh, in the sunshine. Well, we've rarely had a better day down there, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, look, uh, I think everybody recognises that it was a, a really super game yesterday. And... Um, not for the first time in the last few years, Limerick um, continuing to raise the bar each time they get challenged. So we wish them well for the rest of it. Okay, Although I think I think Cork are playing Clare now. Uh, in the uh, we have a slightly longer route to uh, uh, to be competitive, but um, but no, well done to Limerick on that. Yeah, well, I think Cork and Tip and Kilkenny and many other teams will still have a say in this year's All Ireland Championship, which is the glory of hurling, of course. Anyway, uh, let us talk uh, about a few very important things. One yeah. being uh, the reopening of non-essential international travel. Presumably, as Minister for Foreign Affairs, you're happy to see it overall. Oh yeah, very happy to see it. You know, I mean, we've we've asked the aviation industry and indeed the travelling public to make extraordinary sacrifices uh, for the last sixteen months or so. Um, and you know, international travel has been between five and ten percent of what it would normally be. That has had devastating consequences for Shannon Airport, for Cork Airport, for Dublin Airport, uh, and indeed the smaller airports as well. Uh, in different parts of the country, people have lost their jobs. And of course, the, the aviation sector, uh, you know, Aer Lingus and Ryanair and many other airlines have been un- put under huge pressure. Yes, the government has provided an awful lot of financial support, but ultimately, um, uh, you know, the, um, the pressure that the aviation industry has been under uh, has been immense. And of course, it's not just people who want to travel and the, the airlines that want to take them there. It's also all of the tourists that would otherwise be coming into Ireland, spending their money here, staying in hotels um, uh, and B&Bs and restaurants and so on. So it's been a very, very difficult period for the hospitality sector, for the tourism sector, for the aviation sector. And, you know, today we are, you know, taking a step towards uh, moving back to some kind of normality uh, where we allow people who are fully vaccinated to uh, to travel around the European Union, people who are fully vaccinated to come in from the UK and the US um, uh, and uh, within the European Union. Uh, if you're not vaccinated, you can take a PCR test and travel or if you're fully recovered from COVID and you can prove that uh, in, uh, in the last six months. Uh, you can travel as well without quarantine or restriction. Uh, it's slightly different from the UK and the US if you're not vaccinated. Uh, but still, uh, we are facilitating travel again. And the government's message, of course, is to be cautious. Uh, but of course, also to say if people want to travel and need to travel, uh, they can now do so uh, as long as they um, uh, you know, uh, apply the rules appropriately. Um- and Minister, do you see any prospect of people coming into the country between now and the natural end of the tourist season? I mean, domestically, it kind of ends at the end of August with the return to schools, but internationally, it can run into October. Yeah, and look, I mean, first of all, I think there's a huge number of Irish people that have been waiting for a very long time to come home, uh, to see loved ones, to see family, uh, and they have been uh, doing the responsible thing. 
they've been waiting um, in whatever country they're in, uh, but are looking for the opportunity to come home, whether it's in France or Germany or the UK, in particular in the UK uh, uh, or the US, uh, people who are dying to come home, uh, who would normally come home maybe two or three times a year or at least once a year, who haven't been able to come home to see family and parents and friends. And a lot of those people, I think, will now take that opportunity to do it. And I think there will be some limited um, uh, tourism. But I think, you know, I think everybody's realistic about that. Um, you know, this is a, an extraordinary time. People are cautious about travel. Um, and so we're not going to have any kind of a normal tourist season in terms of tourists coming from abroad. But I think there will be probably... Um, uh, if things go to plan, there will be an extension of the season this year to involve international travel, maybe beyond the sort of uh, August, September, early October. Um, that would normally be the case, um, because I think there will be a sense that people haven't been able to travel for a number of years and will want, or for 18 months or so, and will want to uh, uh, to be able to, uh, you know, take advantage right. of the opportunity to do it now safely, I might add. I mean, this is this is about uh, using the shield of vaccination to facilitate another removal of a restriction. Uh, yeah. And people need to remember that because, you know, take a look at the numbers in the UK at the moment in terms of the impact of the Delta variant on the population there. Take a look at our own numbers here. You know, we are likely to see a continuing increase in the number of people testing positive with the Delta variant. Uh, because we have, I think it's uh, uh, almost 65% of our population are fully vaccinated and well over 70% um, with one dose, we have a, a very effective shield to protect our vulnerable populations in particular from the Delta variant, but it's still a big danger. Uh, and right. so, um, so people need to be conscious of that. Okay, we're chatting to the Minister for Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney. Now, the Irish Times headline this morning says, indoor hospitality to reopen despite COVID surge, the surge that you've just been talking about. So are you clear then indoor hospitality will reopen no later than next Monday, the 26th of July? Well, we've made a commitment to the industry. Uh, there's been a lot of consultation with um, uh, with stakeholders. Um, they've waited a very long time. And so this is a bit like international travel. We made a commitment. We want to follow through on that. We want to do it safely in a way that's structured and managed um, so that everybody knows what's expected of them in terms of business owners, uh, but also the um, the public will know, um, uh, you know, what they're being asked to do as well. So, you know, like a lot of other European countries now, uh, we are looking uh, to to manage indoor activity, if you like, uh, in a way that manages risk as best we can. In other words, we're opening it to people who are vaccinated, uh, and obviously there there are some exceptions within family bubbles and so on. But no, I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, uh, we said that we would, uh, at the latest, uh, on the 26th, uh, allow uh, indoor dining to reopen. Uh, and I think that is that will be the likely outcome this week uh, of the uh, of the Cabinet uh, meeting. But obviously, we'll continue to take advice from our public health right. team in terms of how to do that. But I think it's a case of, of how we do it safely rather than whether it's done okay. uh, 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 next Monday. But the one thing that's just slightly outside your control currently, of course, is that it goes to President Michael D. Higgins and he has to sign the legislation. He has some options. He can call the Council of State to look at it or he could potentially send it to the Supreme Court to test his constitutionality. He could, but I mean, you know, we we have an Attorney General who's pretty good at his job. Uh, I'd be very surprised if... Uh, 
uh, if there was constitutional issues with um, with this legislation. Um, you know, this is this is a you know an international pandemic that we're trying to manage. Nothing is normal. Nothing is fair. Uh, it's it's about trying to manage risk as best we can and trying to be as fair as we possibly can be to a population that we are trying to get vaccinated as soon as we possibly can. We are actually vaccinating our population uh, uh, faster than any other country in the European Union at the moment. Uh, The systems are working really well. Uh, And by September, we hope to have our adult population who want to be vaccinated, vaccinated, or at least by the first couple of weeks in September. Um, So, you know, the, the end is in sight in terms of vaccination uh, and that allows us to be able to be a little more confident in terms of the decisions we're making but I mean I I, I don't expect that there will be constitutional okay. problems because, with this legislation. Because we asked Minister of State Niall Collins who's a Limerick TD of course about this on the show last week and he said it was his expectation that we will not see a return to lockdowns. Do you agree with that? Uh, yes I do. I mean that's my expectation too but I mean you can never say never. I mean, this is this unfortunately has been a pandemic that has taken people by surprise. You know, we all made decisions on the basis of good public health advice in the build up to Christmas last year. And look at what happened in January. So, you know, this is this is an unpredictable virus. It mutates, it changes, it becomes more aggressive in terms of how it spreads. Um, uh, We hadn't predicted the Delta variant and it arrived, uh, nor had the UK, you know, with all their science. Um, uh, they simply hadn't predicted it. So you can never say never with COVID. What we can say, though, is that we control a number of things. Uh, we control vaccination. Um, and we are going to have our entire adult population vaccinated by September or in early September. We will then be vaccinating um, uh, uh, 12 to 16-year-olds. Uh, and I think in time, in the early autumn, probably vaccinating children as well. Um, so that's what we control, and that's the shield that we have against this um, this virus, which will continue to change and mutate, and there'll be new and, strains. And, and by the um, way, do you think in the context of all of that, in terms of ongoing vaccine rollout, that the schools will certainly reopen at the end of August? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, the schools have been a huge priority for government right the way through this, this pandemic. Uh, yes, they've had to, uh, to close at times or partially close at times. But it's always been a big priority for the Taoiseach and the Taunish to, uh, but, but all three parties in government. You know, education and children are uh, are really important part of the decisions that we've we've made. So I I would be very very surprised if schools weren't going back in September. I also would be surprised if universities weren't going back onto campus in September using antigen testing and other. Um, um, uh, mechanisms to do that as safely as as, as possible. Mm-hmm. I know Simon Harris is working hard on that. So, right. so yeah, education uh, is really important. Uh, and I think once we have our adult population vaccinated, it becomes um, a different risk profile in terms of managing the uh, the risk and, there. And one other point: um, a, a few weeks back, the Tornish to Leo Varadkar was musing about a return to offices and a change in that government guidance as early as August. Firstly, I presume that's not going to happen in August, but obviously it ties into when it'll happen and then the ability to work remotely. Yeah, so so I think we will see a, a structured return to work happening sort of 
from the end of August into September. Um, you know, there's a lot of demand from businesses now to to try to manage a phased return to work as best they can. Um, but but as part of the lessons learned during the COVID pandemic, um, you know, uh, remote working, which has been enforced on many businesses and many people. Um, um, I, I think um, many people are now thinking, well, you know, how could we apply this on a more permanent basis? Uh, can this improve quality of life? Can it improve productivity? Can it reduce the amount of um, drive or public transport time that people spend each day? Uh, and, you know, we are setting targets, for example, across the public sector of up to 20% of all public sector workers being able to, to work remotely. Or at least work part part of their their working week remotely. So there are upsides to remote working as well, particularly in rural areas. Like there's absolutely no reason, as we roll out the national broadband plan, there's no reason why people can't work at the end of the Bear Peninsula for a multinational that's based in the centre of Dublin, uh, as long as the the speeds are right in terms of broadband connectivity. Uh, people should be able to enjoy the quality of life in uh, local rural parishes that in the past would have seen many young people having to leave to get employment. Um, and so we want to, uh, to basically learn some of the lessons that, that have been enforced on society uh, to be able to apply them now uh, in the medium term okay. in terms of supporting and encouraging em employers to give remote working options to the people who work on their teams. Um, and um, what Leo Varadkar has spoken about is passing legislation to facilitate that, ensuring that we accelerate the national broadband plan, ensuring that we put uh, remote working hubs in place across the country, which are sort of community work centres that, that would be connected to high-speed broadband within parishes around the country so that people can actually work as close to home as is reasonable. Right. Um, but there will be always some people who will need to go into work, oh, yeah. you know, manufacturing facilities. Tell, tell me about it. Uh, tell me about so it. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I mean, who am I talking to? Uh, all right. Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much, Minister for Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney, for joining us on all of that this morning. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.